0: Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heartblend Podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. I'm so excited this month. We are talking all about love, as you know, we typically think of February as love with Valentine's Day and all. But you know, I really don't take time to talk about this topic, and now I am. So I'm really excited. And today we're focused on soulmates versus Twin Flames. Some of you have maybe heard of Twin Flames or have an understanding of soulmates versus Twin Flames, whatever, but I just wanted to utilize this episode to not only touch base on what each one means, but also signs that you have met a soulmate or Twin Flame, as well as my perspective on the entire thing. um, Because I know there's also a lot of misguidance about it as well. Anything that's esoteric or spiritual can get lost in translation. So I just wanted to bring it around town for us a little bit in this episode. So most of us are very familiar with the term soulmate. And in general, before learning more about it, I believe that a soulmate is just your special person, the one, if you will, and someone who is meant to be with you forever it sounds incredibly romantic, right? Like, oh, I've met my soulmate. Oh, I love them. This is wonderful. There's rainbows and butterflies everywhere. I've found love. la di da But the truth is that soulmates are more of a soul tribe. So a soulmate can actually be anyone. It does not have to be romantic. It doesn't have to be in a relationship. It could be your mother, your father, your Child, your brother, sister, best friend, even your partner. It can be your partner, it can be a neighbor, it could literally be absolutely anyone. And how soulmates work is that they are a tribe of souls that are a part of your soul's journey through each lifetime. In my previous episodes, I've talked about past lives and soul contracts and all of those things. And this is where soulmates really shine. If you ever choose to do a past life regression, you might go back into a past life and you may see souls or recognize different people that feel very familiar to you and they travel with you along your soul's journey. And I think that in itself is really, really beautiful because it means that you know, no matter what happens, you'll still never be alone in a sense. You know, even if you're alone or in a space of solitude for some portions of your life, those soulmates are destined to come into your life and play different roles. You might be a mother to one in this lifetime, in the next lifetime, you may be their sister or their brother, or whatever. And so, I think that's really unique because you kind of take on these different roles and different aspects to kind of help each other grow, but in a safe space, in a comfortable space. So when you meet a soulmate or you have a soulmate connection, there's just this feeling of something that feels very familiar. You feel safe and calm and at peace and there's this mutual respect for one another. There's an energy of balance where Things that you may struggle with can be their strength and vice versa, really to encourage that growth. And you have a similar life path and goals so that you can continuously grow in a similar direction. And you have an empathetic understanding of each other's feelings. You may not be attracted to each other you know, in that way, physically attracted or like, ooh, but you just have like this, you know, hey, I think I know you, like, I feel good with you. It's a kindred spirit, as they say. And those are your soulmates. And even with soulmates, you can still feel their energy, even when they're distant. I have met so many friends where I can still feel their energy, like if something's wrong or if something seems off. I just have this urge to reach out to them and check on them. And typically, I'm usually right, even if they don't tell me <laughs> what's wrong. I typically can pick up on something. So those are soulmates. So it's a little bit more than just meeting a friend or you know people that come in and out of your life. But soulmates are really there as your soul tribe, and they'll travel with you along all of your soul's journeys. So have you had a connection like this before and with whom? this connection can be platonic or romantic, but it just depends on the role that each of you is playing in each other's lives. And I believe also that with soulmates, you know, you have different stages of your life, right? So, you know, as a child, you're a certain way, you may meet many soulmates, especially children, will attract many soulmates into their lives because they're just such a fresh soul. So they're going to be constantly surrounded with that energy. But as you get older and you start to grow and Learn more about yourself, you may reach different stages, and at that point, you're going to attract different soulmates that have different purposes. And that's the part that I think is also very, very interesting. When I learned more about this, I realized a few things is that one, I remember praying to meet my soulmate, quote unquote. And now I realize that I have so many soulmates around me, so my prayers were definitely answered. I just didn't really realize what a soulmate really was. And the other thing that I've learned is that there's absolutely nothing that you have to do or need to do in order to attract a soulmate into your life because they're destined to be there. The best thing for you to do to attract the right soulmates into your life is to be your true self. And so about five years ago, I really started learning more about what twin flames are. And once I learned more about this, I was a little mind blown, actually. And so I really want to take a quick break so we can dive in fully to this topic. Families have a lot going on. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome back. And now we're going to dive into talking more about twin flames. So, while soulmates can be anyone, a twin flame is thought to be more of a complementary half of your soul. So, soulmates are individual souls that come in and out of each other's lives to play a certain role. But twin flames are supposed to be one soul and two halves of that one soul that come together to create the soul union. That's what is said to be a twin flame. So it's very intense, and it usually is in a romantic type of energy, but it doesn't always have to be romantic. It's just more intense than a soulmate connection. Twin flames are not necessarily always the calmest, safest energy. Sometimes, depending on where you are in your soul journey, it can actually feel very turbulent because they reflect in you your deepest fears, insecurities, and shadows in order to help you overcome them and heal on a soul level. And you do the same thing for them. They're not consciously doing anything. They're not trying to poke and prod and ask you deep questions to help you heal. It's nothing like that. They won't even carry that type of energy. They're just going to be their natural selves and just their energy alone brings out that sense of insecurity or fear just being around their presence. So what are some signs that you may be in a twin flame connection or maybe you've met a twin flame? So there's an instant recognition when you see or meet this person. There's an intense amount of attraction and longing for one another and you feel like you're at home. Another sign is that you have a lot of coincidences from your past and you have very similar values, experiences, and interests. Again, a twin flame is going to need to be someone that is really on a very similar life path. So this is where a little bit of a difference comes in where a soulmate comes in at different stages of your life and they can be with you for long periods of time. A twin flame is going to have a very similar journey. They're going to experience similar things along with you even before you meet them, while you're meeting them, and after you meet them. It's a very magnetic connection and it can feel nearly impossible to resist them. Like you're literally two magnets just completely drawn to one another. The next sign is that you continuously come back together. This is the most common sign of a twin flame that it's very likely one will leave or run from the connection just because it's just so intense and it brings up so much of an uncomfortable feeling or energy that, you know, one will usually run away and then they'll return eventually later on, maybe after months or years or even decades. The next sign is that the connection can feel very psychic or energetic to where you don't even have to communicate a lot. There's a lot less words being said. Just by having the eye contact, you almost know exactly what the other person is feeling or thinking. The next sign is that it's a very expansive connection. It encourages growth within the relationship and individually. And so those are a few signs. Of course, there's many more signs, but I just wanted to touch base on that. And now I want to cover with you some of the stages of a twin flame connection. So the first stage is going to be the yearning stage. So before you meet your twin flame, there is this awareness that the person that is meant for you is out there or present or nearby And you'll begin to do a lot of inner work just naturally on your own. You'll become drawn to working on yourself. You decide to push past your fears and just start working on things you need to work on. This is to help you prepare to meet them so that that energy can draw you in closer together. If you're so far off where you are not authentic with yourself, you don't even know who you are, you are trying to pretend to be someone else, your soul is so buried and suppressed, it is extremely, extremely difficult for any type of twin flame to come closer to you because your soul is further away, if you will. So if you think about yourself and your soul, And you picture, you know, you're kind of operating out of just being the shell of a person, and your soul is so suppressed, maybe from trauma, from rejection, from all of these different situations that have come in your life, you have suppressed who you are. Well, if you picture yourself kind of on this field, and you have your shell self, and it's in the center of this field, your soul is way back in the bleachers. And then you're standing in the middle of the field like, hey, where's my true love? Where's my twin flame? And the twin flame's like, I don't see, I'm sorry, I just don't see your soul. Like, where is it? And your soul is like, probably, honestly, (laughs) it's honestly probably not even in the same city of the field, depending on how suppressed you are. So Through this yearning stage, you're really going to start doing some inner work, some shadow work, and try to work on yourself and reconnecting with your soul. The next stage is going to be the meeting stage. Now, this is the fun part, right? You actually get to meet your twin flame. When you meet this person, the attraction is so intense that it's just almost intoxicating in a way. Like you just want to be around them. You can not keep your hands off of them. You're very physically attracted to them. You're spiritually attracted to them. You're just super charged around their energy. And it can be very difficult to control yourself around them physically. The next stage is the honeymoon stage. So let's say, okay, you've met them. You're like, hey, let's let's do this thing, like I'm super attracted to you, let's go in. So we're now in the honeymoon stage. Now this stage is only going to last depending on how healthy the connection is, depending on how strong each other's insecurities are. If either of you is dealing with some really strong insecurities within this connection, that's when you're going to move on to the next stage which is the challenge stage. But during this honeymoon stage, everything feels meaningful, it feels positive, it feels new, and it feels really, really good, feels very happy. But it just depends because eventually, you can only stay in this stage for so long before those fears start to come up, maybe fears of rejection, insecurity start to rise, all of these things, and then we move into the challenge stage. So in this challenge stage, core wounds and differences really show up at this point. And what is reflected in the relationship will be your fears, your shadows, insecurities. All these things are going to come up and it's going to feel very uncomfortable, right? And so during this, that is when you have to have those flags not for the relationship, not for the other person, but to recognize the things you need to improve on for yourself. So the focus begins to shift off of the relationship on improving the relationship, trying to quote unquote fix the relationship, and then you begin to start improving yourself. That leads us to the next stage, which is going to be the test. Now we're going to be led into the test stage. So during the test stage, Attachment issues are going to start coming up, and your love is really put to the test. Now, when it comes to attachment styles, this is something I've covered in previous episodes, I believe, definitely during the inner child one. So, definitely check that out where you can learn more about your attachment styles and how your parents affect you. But your attachment styles are going to either be anxious or clingy, where you're going to try to cling on to the other person, or you feel this strong neediness to constantly want to hang on to them and to smother them because you fear that they're going to abandon you or leave you. And this is all based on your upbringing. You can either have an avoidant attachment style where you begin to distance yourself or the closeness begins to feel so strong that it starts to feel scary. And in order to protect yourself, you begin to just push the other person away. You just become avoidant because it doesn't feel natural to you. It feels scary. It feels unfamiliar. So this typically happens a lot of times when you've been actually smothered too much in relationships or it can also go the opposite way if you've been abandoned and this is your way of trying to protect yourself so you don't feel those feelings of abandonment again. So your attachment style of whatever was established as a child, if you are not in a secure attachment style where you have that balance, either you're avoidant or you're anxious, it's going to come up. It's going to come up right now and it doesn't matter how many books you've read, how much you've learned, how to manage yourself. It doesn't matter. In a twin flame connection, it is meant to bring that out in you. You will start to have so many things come up to the surface that you thought was gone and you've never had another person to bring that out in you before. But now here it is. So at this point, this is where one will typically leave. They'll leave the relationship or they will feel emotionally insecure. They just don't feel safe. They do not feel safe in this connection. You're seeing doubt. You're seeing fear. You're seeing insecure. You're seeing so much. And it's just like, whoa, I can't do this. Um, This is not for me. I'm out. And so that's when you go to the next stage, which is the chase. So this happens when that partner pulls away, causing that separation between you two. And there's a lot of push and pull within this relationship. And a part of the chase is the reward of actually having the other person. So it starts to become this thing where you constantly want to go after the other person or the other person's wanting to constantly go after you and bring you back in because it feels rewarding to have you. And then we move on to the next stage, which is surrender. So after both souls have gone their separate ways, they've worked on their triggers, they worked on their challenges, they've worked on their insecurities, their fears, things have already been brought up to the surface so they know what they need to work on. This is at that point, where you'll come back together, but in a healthy way. So you will start to unconditionally love and accept one another and allow each other to just be free. Just be yourselves. It's no trying to control one another or anything like that. And you honestly just continue to support growth within the relationship. And then This is the point where after you surrender, you're like, you know what, (sighs) fine, I'm good, I've worked on myself, I'm not obsessed with this relationship anymore, whatever, (laughs) you can come back, (laughs) and then you're going to move on to actually coming home. And so this is where everybody has surrendered, everyone has accepted themselves, we are accepting of each other, and we are accepting our destiny. We have that empathy for one another, and we're really ready to just be in this together. There's no more games, there's no more running and scared and fear and, oh, this feels uncomfortable, and I don't want to work on this, oh, my fears are coming up to the surface, All of that is put behind both of you, and you can progress forward. So, those are the stages of a twin flame relationship. Have you ever experienced anything like this before? This is an insane relationship, but it is absolutely necessary in order for your soul to truly grow and reach its fullest potential. So what I've learned after this was that number one, feeling that intense attraction truly gives life so much color and meaning and you just begin to feel excited about life again because what's really happening is that you are attracted to your soul. There's nothing more exciting, more attractive, more exhilarating, more powerful than being Being able to connect with your own soul and to have that reflected back towards you that you can physically interact with and be with and feel and to create this unity and union of love through that attraction, that is powerful. So that's why it just, it literally like turns on the lights of life when you are meeting that twin flame, because you're able to see yourself outside of yourself in a different form. The next thing that I realized or learned was that although it's a unique and exciting connection, it doesn't always mean that it's going to go smoothly, it's going to be lovey-dovey, or that it's even destined to happen. You can meet a twin flame. And if both people have not worked on themselves, it doesn't mean you're going to be together. So I think that's the other part that's a little frustrating because it's like, seriously, like, ugh, I met this person and it's not even going to go anywhere. Maybe next lifetime. And the last thing that I realized was that a twin flame journey really is more so you doing inner work. That's really what it is. Um, More than anything. It's not so much about trying to please the other person or make the other person feel happy or do X, Y, and Z. It's really about healing yourself. And that is beautiful. So now that we know the difference between soulmates and twin flames, I wanted to just shed some light on this topic as well. Now that the theory of Twin Flames is becoming more and more popular, I've noticed that it can get easily manipulative through overly romanticizing certain aspects of a relationship. And I want to go over that. So I've met people where they're like, oh yeah, I've met my Twin Flame, but you know, he's really abusive or he just always leaves me or blah, blah, blah but it's because he has to work on his insecurities because, you know, this is a part of the twin flame process. Your twin flame can be very aggressive and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And what I have to say to that is that if you are going to begin to romanticizing an unhealthy relationship for the sake of saying that it's a twin flame connection, that is so wrong. You should not romanticize anything that brings you harm, anything that is unhealthy, and anything that does not serve your highest good. I don't care if it's a twin flame, a soulmate, or whatever new word that comes up. Your life journey is your life journey, and it is not meant to be designed for another person. It is your life journey. And external relationships outside of yourself are going to come up all of the time. And if we are not careful, if we're not really anchored in who we are and we're grounded, we can really mistake the wrong relationships for them being twin flames just because they're unhealthy. An unhealthy relationship is an unhealthy relationship. It's nothing to be romanticized, it's nothing to want to have, or to even acknowledge that you should be going through that. The key thing to note is that we have to really work on ourselves. And if someone leaves you, if somebody ignores you, abandons you, walks away from you, that does not mean that they're your twin flame. It doesn't mean that you're meant to be with that person just because they leave you. And I've seen this happen. And even for myself, sometimes I would think, oh, well, that's how the twin flames are. They always run away. No, you still have to hold value for yourself and your life. And I don't care who it is. You should never put yourself in a position to deal with any type of abuse or harm or anything just for the sake of something that feels or seems romantic. A twin flame is never going to abuse you. A twin flame is never going to harm you in any type of way. That is more of a karmic connection. So that's something else that, you know, is important to learn about. Karmic connections are connections where you've done wrong to the other person in a previous lifetime. And they come in your life this lifetime. And they kind of try to balance out the karma by being the bad guy again, you know, so karmic connections do help with pushing you to really recognize all of your shadows. But it doesn't mean that, you know, they're good by any means necessary. And so karmic connections are really meant for you to learn. That's all they're there for. They're really just learning experiences. And they can feel very passionate, but it's really more just passion. It's no love. There's no respect. There's no kindness, really, maybe here and there, but it just feels like a lot of passion. So it can be tricky sometimes because... They feel like, woo, like this person is really attractive and da-da-da, but they may mistreat you. They won't respect your boundaries and they feel very codependent at times. They're not healthy connections. So they're just really meant to help you move through life learn from it and to recognize your worth and to recognize the areas of your life that you need to focus on loving and accepting for yourself. And, and so karmic relationships do have a bit of a repeat pattern. So this is very common. Because what happens is, is that you have a person that will come and go, come and go, come and go, come and go, come and go. And there's actually no growth. That is the biggest difference between a karmic and a twin flame. So the karmic relationship is they come and go in and out of your life, but the person's never grown. They haven't changed. They're literally just repeating the same pattern. It could be 10 years and they are exactly the same person they were when you left them behind. That is definitely a sign of a karmic relationship. And the only way to grow from a karmic relationship is to actually let it go. That's when you know you've grown, when you can just cut it off. Twin flame relationships, there's that separation period and they are not going to come back until You have healed properly and they have healed properly. You're just going to stay separated and you're going to be returned through a series of fate. Just how you met them the first time where it wasn't a forced act. You're going to return to one another through a very synchronistic type of experience. Karmic relationships are also very selfish So again, not respecting boundaries. I want what I want. I'm going to take from you what I want to take from you. It's very abusive and one person can be invested. One person can invest into the relationship. The other one sees it more as just a convenience. Like, okay, well, you're here and, you know, I'm just going to get what I want because you're there. Very karmic. Karmic relationships are also very addictive. So this is something that is really, really important to note because addictions fuel the ego. Addictions fuel the ego. Why? Because the ego is always going to be empty. The ego is nothing more than just an identity. There's no substance to it. It's not a soul. not a life. It's not a story. It's just an identity. It's just a label. And so whatever you identify yourself with that makes you feel protected or makes you feel quote unquote worthy or important or significant. And it could be good looks. It could be popularity that the person is popular. It could be for certain money or status. It could be for several different reasons. But there's an addiction to this connection, not the person. There really shouldn't be an addiction to a person, but it's an addiction to the relationship. So when that person doesn't feel fulfilled, that person feels empty because they haven't worked on themselves, they then go back and gravitate towards those that they feel can fuel and feed that ego for that moment in time but it never lasts because it constantly needs to be fed karmic relationships also feel very controlling so the other person can be very obsessive and it's all about having ownership over one another and the other person just also becomes that source of happiness and energy for that other person and You don't see any flaws. You don't see any mistakes. They just seem absolutely perfect. Okay. That is a sign of a karmic relationship as well. Healthy relationships are there where you can actually see the person's faults, their shortcomings, anything that they may be struggling with. And the beautiful thing about a healthy relationship is that you're there to accept it. You can embrace it, even if it's something that doesn't seem glamorous. But in a karmic relationship, you don't see these faults. And you deceive yourself into thinking that it's perfect. And that's unhealthy because there's no acceptance to take place. Karmic relationships can also feel very tricky, because they are similar to a twin flame where you do have that instant connection and attraction. And um, they do bring out your worst fears and all of these things. However, it doesn't go past that. There isn't this feeling of recovery and healing. There is no urge to work on the self. It just stays in this consistent loop of toxicity over and over again. And it the other person's trying to control it consistently. It's very difficult to leave. It can be a very abusive type of relationship. So all of this, the per- it will just not last. It won't last. The other person is really not your forever person. There is no happy light at the end of the tunnel. There is no support and growth and healing. There is none of that. It's literally just unhealthiness. And I think that we've gotten lots and lots of karmic (laughs) relationships. And the best way to not attract those is to keep working on yourself. Working on yourself. That's the best thing you can do. So we've covered soulmates, which are these familiar souls that you know you could just they're your tribe, you feel good around them, they're here to support you, they come at different stages of your life. It's cool, right? Then you've got the twin flames, intense, strong attraction, pushing each other to grow, separating until both people have grown accordingly. And that may not come back together if the other person never takes that approach and initiative to things. And then we've got the karmic relationship, the unhealthy relationship, the toxic relationship, the abusive relationship that does not encourage growth and health or anything like that. So that is our entire episode on more of the spiritual spiritual connections that we hear about. And I wanted to really bring it up because I find these things to be so interesting and really helps us to put things in perspective of why we have certain people in our lives. And at the end of the day, it's all to encourage growth. It's all to encourage growth and healing for one another. So just Wanted to bring that awareness and I'm so excited because in the next episode, I'm going to cover uh, true love versus your ideal partner. So a lot of times we can have an ideal partner of who we want, but it doesn't mean it's our true love and also what makes a healthy relationship, how to attract the right person you want in your life, and so much more. So I hope that you all are enjoying these episodes in the series, and I can't wait to dive into it further with you all month long. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is HeartBlend Podcast.